Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of my podcast, Everyday Wife. My name is Annalise. I'm a wife and a mother and I have an Instagram where my handle is feminine underscore not underscore feminist. That's probably how you found me, but if not, you can check that out. I talk about basically everything biblical womanhood, talk about theology, I talk about um, being a wife, being a mother, things like that. So welcome. I'm very excited about today's topic. It kind of just occurred to me over the weekend, and I have a lot of podcast ideas that just occur to me that fall flat, um, but I wanted to take some free time today to get it recorded for you guys because I think it's a super, super applicable topic, and we'll just jump into it. The topic that we're discussing today is how not to be a freeloader. Now, um, I will say this is specifically for stay-at-home wives um, and stay-at-home moms that are, you know, instead of working outside the home, for instance, I'm one of these, I don't work outside the home, um, we are supported by our husbands and we take care of our children. If you don't have children, take care of the home, things like that. And um, this is, frankly, a somewhat vilified group in certain circles, um, not all circles, but being a stay-at-home wife, being a stay-at-home mom is it is vilified in certain sectors of um, society. And uh, one of the charges that comes against stay-at-home wives is you sit around all day and do nothing. Well, that's not true if it's not true. <laughs> However, if that is true, um, that's a problem. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. So so you've seen the title, um, Don't Be a Freeloader. Uh, so what is a freeloader? A freeloader is someone who takes advantage of others' generosity without giving anything in return. So I'm talking about this specifically in the context of being a stay-at-home wife or mom. Now, if you've listened to my other podcast, maybe you've listened to my podcast, uh, Learning to Love the Gift of Work. I talk about my struggle with laziness. So this ties in really well to that. If you haven't listened to that, maybe go ahead and do so. Um, but laziness is um, a huge problem with women. Um, it's even talked about in the Bible, not specifically uh, laziness with women, but it's talked about in Proverbs about the sluggard, the sluggard who buries his hand in the dish and won't even, it doesn't have the strength to bring it back up again or is weary of bringing it back up again. Um, so this is a sluggard is a person who just loathes exertion, physical exertion, mental exertion, loathes putting in effort, loathes getting up and accomplishing things. And we're not talking about someone who's um, you know, suffering from a chronic illness or um, grief or something like that. We're talking about someone who just hates work because they hate work and they don't want to get off their bum and accomplish something, right? And so I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt if you're listening to this, that this is not um, the state that you want to be living in, um, nor do I think this is necessarily most people. But I'm going to be really frank, this was me internally if not externally for many years and it's still a tendency that I battle my my struggle is not that I work so much that I struggle to rest that is not me my struggle is that I am all too okay with resting and I'd rather have other people do work for me and I have to battle that sin struggle every single day so I come to this topic as someone who is not claiming to be perfect, not even claiming to be remotely perfected in this area. 
I am someone who is doing this because I know the struggle. And I want to encourage others that we don't have to live this way. If you are in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, um, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control and self-control can permeate your work life, your productivity life. Self-control can motivate you to be disciplined. Self-control is an incredible gift that we have if we are in Christ. So that is the perspective that I'm coming from. So I mentioned the sluggard. The sluggard loathes work, um, is weary of, of doing anything that requires exertion. And if that is you, I do not cast judgment on you. I have 100% been there. And I would encourage you to listen to my previous podcast, Learning to Love the Gift of Work, and maybe that can be beneficial. Now, maybe you're not a sluggard per se, um, but you struggle with routine, discipline, or perhaps the day just seems to slip by and you know it's suddenly two o'clock in the afternoon and you realize I haven't done all that much today. Um, I haven't accomplished the things that I thought I was going to accomplish or that I wanted to accomplish and you have very little to show for yourself. This is not saying your worth is tied up in what you do but it is a crummy feeling to reach the afternoon and realize I have not made much of my day. I haven't been a good steward of my time. I think if you're not a sluggard, maybe this is your problem. And this is sort of where I can fall into um, quite often. You know, I write the list and I do things and of course stuff comes up and I have a five month old and taking care of him can be an all consuming thing. And that is my job. I'm not being lazy by doing that. And I love it and it's important, right? Um, but I, of course, there are always moments where instead of doing something productive, I just am like, you know, I'm just going to scroll or I'm just going to, I don't know, do something mindless, <laughs> whatever that looks like. Usually it's our phones. So if that's your tendency, um, this podcast might be for you. Now I talked about what a freeloader is. A freeloader takes advantage of somebody else's generosity without giving anything in return. And as wives, as stay-at-home wives, as stay-at-home moms, that is obviously not what we want to be doing. I don't think that's what most of us are doing. Um, but sometimes we can fall into the trap of really heavily focusing on what our husbands ought to be doing and not considering the roles and um, the duties and the obligations that go along with the role of a wife. Now in our culture, talking about duties and obligations is a very foreign kind of thing to say. Um, you mean that I'm obligated to do something for another person? I have duties to another person? It, the, the whole concept of duty is so foreign in our modern vernacular, but it is such a biblical concept. Um, if God has placed you in a certain role in regards to others, there are duties associated with that role. It's very simple. If you are a child, it says in Ephesians, children obey your parents in the Lord. Also tells fathers not to exasperate their children, right? So there's a duty to the father, there's a duty to the child. Um, as wives, we have duties towards our husbands. We are to submit to our husband. Um, and we are to serve our husbands and be helpmeets suitable to them, right? We are to be um, lovers to our husbands. We are to be encouragers to our husbands. We have duties associated with our role and that is not a bad thing. If you don't want the duties of a wife, that's fine, just don't become one. <laughs> if you do become a wife, embrace it. These are good things. Your husband has duties towards you as a protector, as a provider and um, 
you know, we love to, to think about the duties that others owe to us, but when it's time to think about the duties that we owe to others, then it gets a little tricky. <laughs> so I like to think of just going back to basics. What are my duties as a wife and as, as someone who has been divinely appointed to be a helpmeet suitable to my husband? Um, I am to make his life better insofar as it depends on me. I am to support his mission that God has given him. And I, I like to think of it this way. If my husband is on a race, which our husbands are, they're on the race um, towards heaven along with us. We are co-heirs um, with Christ, with our husbands, right? So if he's on a race and there are all these obstacles in his way, my job as a wife is to remove these obstacles from him. Um, so if he's on a track and there's just things, I don't know, that he would step on or uh, trip over as he's running his race, I as his wife get to, to get to look at that track and say, ah, I can take care of that. I can take that off the track. I can deal with that. Providing, uh, providing the means for him to run better, run more swift, swiftly, run more easily, and to run well. That is my duty as a wife. And if we are in the homes um, and we are about the business of the home, which scripture says that we are to be, um, you know, workers at home. And I've talked about this in my second podcast, by the way, about being at home and, and, and my beliefs on that. So you can listen to that. But if we're about to be, if we are to be about the business of the home, um, there are many, many things in our husband's lives that we can look at and we can be um, diligent to take care of. Now, there are the obvious ones, okay? There are like, you know, I make a meal so that my husband doesn't come home from work tired and have to think about cooking for himself. Um, He just spent the day at, at work. I spent the day at home. I have the means to provide things for him. Um, and so creating a, a, a nice meal that will nourish him, that will help him go to work the next day, complete his duties, right? There's also keeping the house clean. Keeping the house clean is not just about, oh, it's nice to look at, but it's it's removing mental distraction um, because it's mentally distracting to come home to a pile of mess. And I know, know how your husbands are if you're listening to this, but my husband's instinct when he sees mess is to go, how can I take care of this? Now, if it's already taken care of, that removes mental distractions, right? Um, there are other areas too. So um, I'm just going to call it digital clutter or like bureaucratic clutter. Now, in my marriage, my husband excels at bureaucracy. And so he takes care of most all of that. Now, sometimes I'll make a call somewhere or I'll schedule an appointment or something like that. Um, I'll take the car in to get fixed. Um, But when we're talking about taxes or heavily bureaucratic stuff, my husband excels in that and that's fine. But this is an area that we can bless our husbands. We can not just remove the physical clutter from our homes, but we can remove bureaucratic clutter. We can remove um, scheduling clutter. Um, so, you know, instead of relying on him to keep mental tabs of everything going on, you create a calendar and you provide the reminders and you help things to seamlessly function so that he doesn't have to be constantly worried about missing something, right? So there's cooking, there's cleaning with the physical clutter, um, and then there's the bureaucratic, the bureaucratic digital clutter that we can take care of. Um, there's also the, <laughs> how do I say this? 
There's the blessing of being our husband's lover and of providing a warm and intimate and joyful place to come home to in ourselves, not just in our home, right? Um, so these are major duties of a wife. And um, when we are benefiting from our husband's hard work outside of the home, we offer something in return. It's interesting to me that the charge comes up against um, stay-at-home wives that you know they stay home and do nothing or whatever. Um, because if we were to be outside the home and then come back, we'd still have to do certain things, right? The house still has to get cleaned, whether you work outside the home or not. Meals still need to get cooked, but things get sacrificed in that process, right? Now, I worked outside the home and was able to do some work outside the home and maintain um, a nice house and things like that. This is not coming against work women that work outside the home. If you've listened to my podcast, you know that. Um, I think every marriage is different. So just giving those disclaimers, right? But it's what I'm saying is that the charge against women that, um, you know, you're freeloaders, right? And while I totally reject that as, um, you know, that's not um, what any of us aim to be, the truth, there is truth in the sense that if we are being <laughs> lazy, if we are not seriously taking our role, are taking our role seriously, and um, removing obstacles from our husband's lives, then yes, we are functionally, we are functioning as freeloaders. Um, now, I don't think most of us are lying in bed all day and staring at the ceiling. Um, and if you are, then you know I'm going to guess that there's other things going on, um, you know, mental difficulties, um, or being in a, a very difficult, dark season or something like that. So. I don't think that's most of us right now, but I'm going to talk about ways that we can have a freeloader mentality. Um, so, so bear with me um, because I'm going to try to illustrate how, even if we are, you know, seeking to do the duties of a wife, we can fall into traps of laziness very, very easily by virtue of our sin nature, right? So, something I've noticed for myself is um, that. There's a difference between treading water and swimming <laughs> and that applies to homemaking and cooking and cleaning and things like that. And I have all sympathy for <laughs> women who are in a place of treading. Um, definitely being a new mom, I've, I've felt like that a little bit of like, I'm just kind of not moving, but I'm staying afloat. And you know what? Sometimes it's okay. Staying afloat is, is good. Um, but I want to go beyond that, right? So it's one thing to say, okay, I, I at least have a meal on the table every night and things are functional in the house um, and not, you know, overly cluttered, right? That is staying afloat. And hey, that's, that's awesome. But we want to go above and beyond that. Um, and if we have the means to do so, we ought to be. And so with cooking, right? So I could put the same kind of basic food that I generally keep... Um, you know, put on the table and not a lot of creativity. Or I could take the initiative to say, I want to learn um, new skills, new techniques. I want to experiment. I want to have fun in the kitchen. The, ki the kitchen is part of this home kingdom that we have. And um, as a wife, I have the, as a stay-at-home wife, I have the time and the bandwidth to explore this, this opportunity. So, um, 
this, you know, for me, I really resented recipes for a long time because I'm not a super ordered or structured person. I tend to be a free spirit. Um, but I just noticed, well, my meals tend to be better when I use recipes because I'm combining spices in a, in a nice way and I'm giving things time to marinate in a way that is really pleasing. Um, and so take the initiative, go online and print out or save a number of recipes that look good. You know, talk to your husband about what he would like to see and print out a few recipes and just, you know, one to two nights a week. Let's say you're cooking five nights a week, whatever, but one to two nights a week, um, plan a really special meal that requires, uh, doesn't necessarily need to require all day or whatever, but requires a certain level of intentionality, um, a, a certain level of planning that's going to result in being a really good meal. Maybe that just means giving bread time to rise so that you have homemade bread. Um, there are so many ways to just go above the bare minimum of, well, I have a carb and a protein and a, a vegetable, whatever, on the plate. Um, I think that obviously there are seasons where just keeping everyone fed and nourished is so important. But when you have the bandwidth to go above and beyond, um, do so. I know that's a huge blessing to my husband when I'm able to do that. And he sees the effort. And it doesn't mean that every meal needs to be, you know, just an absolute winner. I'm not tying my worth up with it. This is an opportunity to bless others. And putting in effort is often the first step. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean you're going to become amazing overnight. But effort is always the first thing we have to put in. Um, without that, growth doesn't come. <laughs> so thinking about that in, term, in regards to the meal. In regards to the household, this is a hard one for me, is going beyond like surface level cleaning. And um, I think that deep cleaning is one of those things that you don't always notice when it's done, but when it goes undone for so long, it definitely starts to pile up. So um, when I clean, uh, something that I think is, is useful is you start with just the apparent clutter. Okay, there's some boxes that need to be broken down and put into the recycling. Um, there's some shoes, right? And then deep cleaning, I don't just mean, you know, pulling away a bookshelf and cleaning behind that. I'm talking about as you're cleaning, looking at different things that need extra attention. So I'm cleaning some shoes and I realize that my husband's shoes and have um, just, you know, they're white and they have spots and things piled up on them. Well, you don't need to say anything to him. You can go ahead, you can look up how to clean white shoes online and you can do that, dry them out in the sun, whatever works. And he can come home to white shoes. <laughs> and, you know, those are the splendid little things that we can do that we don't have to tell them that we're doing, but they may notice, they may not notice. Um, but as you're doing your surface level cleaning, you know, let's say you're, you're bust, dusting the bookshelf and you notice that there's some books that need to be mended. Okay. So you can do that. Let's say you're doing laundry, right? That's sort of a bare minimum task. And you realize that, um, there's, your husband has holes in his socks and you go ahead and order a new thing of his, um, of his favorite socks online, whatever you go to the store and get them. These are the little tasks that are so loving because they're so full of intentionality and they don't even need to mention it to your husband in order to accomplish them um, or get them done. You can just do them silently 
and and bless them and I, I think that's one of the huge benefits of being at home is that we get to notice those little details that our husbands who are not at home all day um, and they, they come home to it it's it's not um, within their nature to want to be picking at little details we get to do that and we get to bless them with our attention to detail another thing is let's say you vacuum weekly and you have some carpets in your house well you could take the opportunity to try to find a more deep cleaning um, vacuum that uses um, things that really pull up the dirt and the grime and and just do that one day um, and put that on the I don't know monthly or semi-annual rotation of things that go above and beyond um, just the bare minimum when we're talking about um, digital clutter for instance be thinking about ways that you can improve organization in your husband's life so you know it's one thing to just have um, a calendar and stuff like that but what if you set up reminders that would be helpful to him um, what if you organized photos um, family photos or um, you know special family documents or things like that in a setup that is very intuitive easy to access and you know just going to to, to provide um, you know ease to your husband as he navigates through those things that's something you can be thinking about we have to remember our job as wives remember is to remove those obstacles as he's running his race now obviously we're running a race too this is not to say that um that that we're not whatever running a race but we are as wives called to be help meets and that is part of our race and it is a, a huge dimension of our race and it's a beautiful thing um Sometimes I, I just know someone's going to hear this and buy into this idea that being a helper is a lesser thing. And again, I have to address that because this is very prevalent. It's, it's talked about so disparagingly in our culture. But Christ said that, you know, whoever would be um, great among you must be your servant. Um, it says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, right? So we're, we want to be like Jesus. We want to imitate his life. And it is a huge opportunity as wives to, to, to do this for our husbands. Now, if you're not married, this can still apply to you. You know, you can, I, I, I'm married, but I also live with my parents right now. Um, my husband and I live with my parents. And so I'm also thinking about how to make their lives easier too. I'm thinking about how to remove obstacles from their life, right? Um, not to have a 50, 50 mentality of, well, I have my laundry, you have your laundry. And um, no, if I have the time and bandwidth, I can fold their laundry too, right? Um, this is not, this is not 50-50. This is 100-100. Um, but even that phrase I want to be careful with because sometimes people go, well, I'm giving 100 and they're not giving 100. Well, you're still thinking of it as 50-50. Think of your own 100 and and, and just do, do um, your due diligence, right? Without peering into the others. So... Um, and then going above and beyond in regards to your intimate life, like really prioritizing that, um, you know, creating a nice environment um, in your bedroom um, to, to facilitate that and, you know, taking care of yourself so that you feel good and you feel ready to do that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And, and so whatever that looks like in your marriage. And that's the other thing. Remember, as I'm talking through these principles, there's going to be some people who, you know, who listen to this and go, well, that one doesn't apply to me or that one doesn't apply to me. Then don't, don't worry about it. Just discard it. Um, I'm giving basic 
principles and then I'm trying to give some examples, right? But all of our marriages are so different. And so how it looks in your marriage to remove obstacles from your husband is going to be different. And I will say with that, have that conversation with him. There's absolutely no shame in going to your husband and saying, how can I make your life easier? I'm sure he would love that question because that gives him a chance to really think about the things that are obstacles and to give you the opportunity um, to be his help me in that way. So um, have those conversations with your husband. I like to check in with my husband um, semi-regularly and you know, not as like, I'm doing terrible as a wife and blah, blah, blah. No, this is a chance for me to come to him and to say, hey, what are some areas that you would like to see getting done in the house? What are some areas that I could improve? Um, and, you know, just ask for feedback and um, not as a self-disparaging thing. Remember, we, we know our worth is not in our performance as a wife, but it is our duty um, to fulfill these um, these obligations and so we should take that seriously and we should find enjoyment in that so have these conversations with your husband and get feedback that is specific to your marriage we should be as wives um, adding value to our husband's days and that's going to lead me into this other concept that you know our lives are made of days which are put into weeks which are put into months which are put into years which make up our lifetime and let's say you know our days are made up of hours which are made up of minutes which are made up of seconds and so we can think of ways to improve um to to improve our husband's lives in the short term how can i prove things for him today what can he come home today that will be a blessing to him what can i do this week maybe it's the car needs to be taken to the shop and he doesn't want to worry about that. So what can I do this week to make his life easier? What can I do this month? What can I do this year? And to set um, appropriate goals that are time specific. Um, so, you know, one of my goals this year was to get into sourdough. And the reason that I got into sourdough was because I've had problems with gluten in the past. And so I was making a lot of gluten-free things um, for the family for my husband and I and they just weren't as good right <laughs> um, I, I was not an excellent gluten-free cook and I knew that some people had had success um, if they had gluten intolerance with eating sourdough and I knew I could make better food with sourdough that I could eat that he could enjoy and so that was not something I just did overnight right um, but I thought okay long term I'd like to improve our meals in this way by incorporating sourdough into our diet um, so that was one of my yearly goals, right? It's like, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, just every single day. I got to do something today. Got to do something today. Think in the long term too. My, one of my two goals for 2022 was to become really good at sourdough. And I'm working on that. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I've learned so much. It has been a blessing to him. It has been a blessing to me. Um, and so that's an example of setting a goal long-term um, that could bring value and, and a benefit to your family life. Another example I'd like to give is um, the research that you can do as a wife. Now, I want to give this with a little bit of a disclaimer. Women can fall into rabbit holes that our husbands are not interested in us falling into, um, and then we can become obsessed and hyper-fixated on certain things that... Um, become a source of contention in our marriage. So with that, I'm talking about researching things that are going to be of genuine benefit and not be a cause of strife and contention in your marriage. If you get into, for instance, researching 
organic farming practices and then you're like I can't buy food from the store anymore and your husband's like well I'd like you to um, and it becomes a source of contention let's let's step back that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about things that um, let's say your husband would like to make a big purchase in a certain area and he would like you to do the research of reading reviews reading consumer report um, and finding something that is both cost effective does the trick is long lasting is durable blah 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 so you get to be his researcher it's really cool you get to be your husband's personal assistant um, I know my husband has asked hey look up um, such and such a thing for me um, this is and now to my shame I have not done this yet but um, my husband has asked me to look up to make a sort of a database of certain Bible verses that have to do with a certain topic so that he can have um, sort of uh, just his own little spreadsheet of I want to know everything that the Bible says about parenting or whatever the topic might be. Um, so ask him if there's any projects that he would like you to do um, to, to, to research something or um, to find out, you know, what kind of purchase you'd like to make in a certain area. That is a huge way that you that you can benefit him with the time you have as a stay-at-home wife. Another area that we can bless our husbands in, um, in regards to the home, is thinking of decluttering. So sometimes stuff just piles up and you're not even thinking about it. It could just be like you haven't taken the boxes to the recycling yet. Um, so obviously things like that. But going through your kitchen and going, oh, you know what, this tool needs to be replaced. Um, or let's see, I haven't used this in five years and maybe I could sell it and make a profit. Um, looking for things like that instead of just kind of uh, not really having a critical eye to what is being used and what's not being used in the house and what, what can go and what you can make a profit of. Um, that's something that it's so easy to sell stuff nowadays. We have everything at our fingertips that we need to do that. Um, and so maybe making a priority of going through, decluttering, finding things you don't use anymore. Uh, maybe you can make donations to something. Um, and that is a huge blessing. Last thing I want to talk about is the, the benefit that you bring as a couple to events or to other families. Um, I'm not making, really making any sense, but for instance, if you are going to uh, go to a fellowship meal or something like that. That's what we call them at my church. But um, if you're going to go to a fellowship meal and you are to bring a, a, a dish or a dessert or something like that, planning in advance to bring something, not just last minute um, or, oh, shoot, I need to go to the store and pick up something. No, planning ahead. And maybe you need to plan a few days in advance. But if you're baking bread, you're baking sourdough, it needs to rise, whatever so that by the time you leave you are not in a rush you're not worried about picking something up at a store you have it all planned out and you are bringing benefit as a family to certain events that is something that you should be taking care of as the wife right um and so or if there's a family that is let's say they just had a baby um or they're going through um, like a surgery or something like that and they need uh, meals brought to them you can take care of that um, and it reflects well on your family, right? I'm not saying do it for um, the, the reputation it gives you. What I'm saying is that your husband is indirectly benefiting from that um, because you are taking care of things that he would probably like you to do um, as a sister in Christ to these people. That's what I'm saying. So um, you, you bring value to events 
um, that when you take the time to plan in advance and to not have these things be an afterthought or a last minute um, decision, right? So so I hope that these examples have been helpful for you. Um, when I, you know, the title was don't be a freeloader. And what really I mean by saying that is don't take advantage of someone's generosity without giving something in return. Now, I, I have to I have to give this disclaimer that, you know, I'm not talking about feeling guilty if someone is kind to you and like you always have to pay back. You know, we should be people who are able to receive love, who are able to receive gifts. What I'm talking about is is as a wife, acknowledging and embracing your duties and seeking to do them to the best of your ability as your husband seeks to do his God-given roles, protecting, providing, going to work every day, um, bringing in <laughs> the money so that you can be home, right? There should be a two-way street. Um, and I'm sure that everyone who is listening to this knows this and embraces that. But I know for myself, my flesh wants to do what I want to do. My flesh wants to serve myself. My flesh wants to spend time amusing myself and um, doesn't want to to think of others, right? And by the grace of God, he is working on that in me every single day and he is using marriage to do a very fine job of that. And there's a saying um, that you may have heard about, you know, be an asset to your husband, not a liability. I think that is... Uh, spot on with what I'm trying to communicate. Um, when your husband comes home at the end of the day, have you given him a place to come home to that is warm, inviting, uh, provides him with nourishment in the form of food, love, affection, care, encouragement? Is that the place he's coming home to? Or is he coming home and feeling like he is entering job number two, that he just left job number one, he comes home and he is uh, tasked with um, a new set of duties. That is not the kind of environment we want to provide for our husbands. If you're listening to this and um, find this language of being a helpmate and of providing a warm and inviting atmosphere uh, for your husband to come home to, if you find this language off-putting or strange, um, I, I don't fault you um, or... Um, I, I would just ask that you evaluate why is this so strange to me? Why is it that I find it odd that I should be, that a wife should be providing a wonderful atmosphere for, for her husband? Why is that odd to me? Is it because other people have told me it's odd? Because uh, I know for myself um, or just when I observe <laughs> the world around me, there's a lot of voices um, telling us that a wife shouldn't be what the Bible says she should be. <laughs> so um, just consider that. Why does this sound strange to me? And if you're looking for passages that are just so encouraging and motivating in this respect, um, Proverbs 31 is an amazing place to start. I used to look at Proverbs 31 as a scary and condemning passage, and I have come to see that it is anything but scary and condemning. It is elevating. It is immensely uh, practical. It um, it has given me so much to aim towards and has given me an excitement and a zeal for being a wife um, because I have someone to look up to, right? And that actually reminds me of two other points that I want to make is that I I am nowhere where I want to be on this journey of becoming a wife. Now, thank God I'm not where I used to be. 
my husband talking to my husband about this the other day and I said I'm not where I want to be but I'm so grateful thank God I'm not where I used to be and he said yeah I, I will give you that <laughs> um, and he said it makes me excited or, or whatever he said it was something to the effect of it makes me wonder where you'll be in 10 years and I thought that was just so exciting um, and so find people I have been blessed to have people in my life that are doing this and are doing it very well learn from them observe them spend time with them ask them questions ask them how they manage their days I'm sure they would love to to tell you about the things that have, have been of benefit to them um, that is what Titus 2 is so much of that is about right um, the older women teaching the younger women um, in in the ways of being a wife and mother and being at home so talk to other women um, another thing that because I brought up Proverbs 31 I wanted to mention this as well and uh, there's a passage in Proverbs 31 that talks about her lamp does not go out at night and it says it also says she rises while it is yet night or rises early something like that and then the other one is her lamp does not go out at night so she's burning the, the end on both candles burning the candle on both ends that's the expression <laughs> um, now obviously we should be resting we should be taking time to take care of ourselves I don't think that taking care of ourselves and sleeping is selfish or whatever the point is is that the woman doesn't look at her watch and say it's five o'clock I'm done for the day and just fall back in <laughs> on the couch and say the rest of the day is about me no she uses her day from sunup to sundown okay this was amazing for me to realize because if you for instance went to public school which i did i went to charter school um or you had like a, a, a typical college schedule or you worked like a nine to five or something like that you have the clock in clock out mentality well the wife doesn't clock in nor does she clock out um the wife is always on duty being a wife and if you're a mother being a mother so instead of because when I I was you know working I sort of had that mentality of it's five I'm done and I brought that mentality into the home of well I've done a sufficient amount of work so I'm done and realizing that this Proverbs 31 woman she gets up early and her lamp does not go out at night she doesn't look at her clock and say I'm done and just you know to give up for the rest of the day no she's thinking all day about how she can be a benefit to her family that was hugely um that was immensely practical advice for me because again i had brought that work um mentality um or that like job mentality into my home of it's five i'm done and i was felt entitled to being done i think that was the major problem now I realize, okay, so I've, I've had this full day of doing things. It is, you know, time for me to clean up for dinner. I clean up for dinner. I have a few more hours until it's time to relax and go to bed. What can I do with these hours? I think that culturally, we tend to think of those hours as being for entertainment, being for ourselves, right? I come home, have a glass of wine, watch my favorite show. Nothing wrong with doing that on occasion, okay? But when entertainment becomes a lifestyle and it is to the exclusion of the things in our home that are important then there is an issue entertainment should be a um, it should exist within a certain small frame of our lives it should not be a lifestyle and um, I am so guilty of this of feeling entitled to once you know the Sun goes down or once I hit a certain hour time for me well, really, this Proverbs 31 woman, her lamp does not go out at night. Um, she is not only not a freeloader during the day, she is not a freeloader at night. She is constantly about the business of 
serving her Lord through serving her family. And that is what it all comes back to. This is not just about running around, making yourself sick, doing work. This is not about that. This is about redeeming the time because the days are evil. This is about being a steward of the people and the resources that we've been given by God. This is about serving our Lord Jesus Christ through serving our families and adding value and bringing benefit to our husband's lives and doing things that if they were um, single, that they would have had to do for themselves and take extra long, right? So, and when we do this, it paves the way for our husbands to be to be more creative in other areas of their life, to be more entrepreneurial in other areas of their life. And then we're the direct beneficiaries of that. Um, so it's not, you know, I believe that our service is to be selfless, but I also don't believe that everything is just an altruistic martyrdom. We benefit our husbands, and when we benefit our husbands and take care of them, we're one flesh with them. We're benefiting ourselves. I'm not saying do it because it benefits you. I'm saying serve selflessly and um, you you are one flesh with this man. And so serving him is a blessing to yourself indirectly, just as him serving you is a blessing to himself indirectly. It doesn't mean that sometimes we don't have to um, battle the flesh that wants to be, um, to be selfish and do our own thing, right? But we, we are endowed by God with certain gifts and abilities that he's given uniquely to us to be a blessing to our specific husbands. So let's be about the business of doing those things um, with a joyful heart, um, recognizing that, you know, there are seasons where things are going to be more difficult than others. Um, but, you know, embracing the the minutes, the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, and making them fruitful for the kingdom. So that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I am love feedback, um, and I hope that this is a blessing to you and encourages in you as your walk in your walk as wife, mother, um, single woman, wherever you're at. So thank you, and have a good rest of your day.